Okay. Uh, uh, I don't have to pee, so whatever well, you don't ready. have to brag about it, Mr. Humble Brag over here. Let's <laughs> go ahead and keep it rolling then. Okay. Welcome to Think Outside the Fox set. It's a podcast about musicals that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. That's right. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And uh, we were trying to, we're doing some palate cleanser episodes because we did two big old seasons. Owen of palate cleanser? Rap. Is that anything? <laughs> is that a thing? Is, does that, he, is that what he calls his loofah? Sorry, oh, we, we were just talking about Owen Powell, the musician. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a new album out called Island. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, which we will not be talking about today. We we're doing not. these palate cleanser episodes uh, because uh, we just got to get that taste of white rap out of our mouths and ears. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, we had so much of it. Oof. And uh, so last week we talked about Leonard Neboy's album, which is... Uh, also white nonsense, but in just delightful way. It was, <laughs> and, I really enjoyed it. It turns out. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good nonsense. And, and uh, uh, this, now we have a, a yet a different flavor of white nonsense. And then we were like, hey, let's talk about fucking Julie Taymor for a bit. I guess I don't know for her. sure if she's, if she's white. I'm looking up a picture. Yes, and, she is. Uh, we got a pale face. Oh yeah, pretty pale. Yeah. She Julie mm, Taymor, the white woman who d- put uh, the Lion King on Broadway. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, she perhaps might be Jewish, which is has a complicated relation to whiteness for many people who are Jewish. Uh, if, if they're well, not, she's a pale skin non- person who put Lion King on Broadway. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> if they're not just straight up people of color, like my friend who is Jewish and black, which can happen. Look it up. Yes. Read a book. <laughs> uh, uh, so we, yeah, we decided to, uh, I, I asked you, what should we talk about this week? And uh-huh. you said, can we talk about a musical? I fucking hate musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. If you want to be grumpy on the main? <laughs> sure. Yay. <laughs> And I was like, and what, what else say? do I hate? Oh, you too. <laughs> <laughs> and also the band fronted by Bono. Uh, how dare you? Oh, ha-ha. that's the first U2 pun of the night. There will be many more. Yeah. Um, so I was like, hey, what if we listen to the album for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? <laughs> and boy, did we listen to it. And boy, did we. <laughs> we listened to it so you don't have to, everyone. Yeah just want you to know so this is i mean this is as close as we're probably going to get for a while uh to just straight up like big big flop house energy <laughs> like just it's listening true. to talking about something because it's bad yeah this is real like just mind-boggling uh just like what the fuck were they thinking nobody tried to hit the emergency brake on this train wreck in progress uh, there are there's yeah. some absolutely wild shit on the Wikipedia page that is yes. really really entertaining. Uh, uh, things like Spider Man Turn Off we, the Dark is the most expensive Broadway production in history with a, with a budget of seventy five million dollars. That is more oof. than many films. Uh, it also once held the box office record for Broadway sales in one week, taking in two point nine million dollars over nine performances. Damn. And 
it closed after like less than three years at a massive financial loss. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oops. So I didn't read too much of the background. I, I remember just hearing things about it, like that people kept on almost dying because the stunts were too aspirational. <laughs> yes. And also uh, they had an unsafe workplace, apparently like they were just doing stuff that was unsafe and asking people to do things that were not okay to ask people to do. Yeah. Like a lot of just like, I don't know, loose sandbags and shit or whatever, but like on a, on a super dangerous level. On the other hand, uh, Glenn Beck championed the musical and, uh, was a big fan of it and was a big booster. So maybe I should rethink it. Yeah. Maybe I mean, (laughs) yeah, you can kind of tell a lot by, uh, people's friends and, uh, you know, that's a guy. That's that's a guy you want in your corner. Specifically, celebrate the suffering of others <laughs> or implicitly oh let me count so the that ways makes sense <laughs> yes yeah he was just he was just itching to see someone get hurt on stage i mean i think people are going there like people go to a nascar event to see the crashes <laughs> yeah actually probably <laughs> yeah uh yeah reviews of this were so bad well they did something really weird for this musical where they had it on preview for like months um it's the opening gala took place on june 14th 2011 and the uh official opening night did not happen until shit where'd it go uh oh no that's when it officially opened was june 14th 2011 um and i'm trying to get the dates here because Oh, it began previews in November 28th, 2010. So it was over six months of performances that were quote unquote previews. That's really bizarre. Yeah. And they, they were, there were so many performances and they were so expensive that the critics just treated it as a soft opening and just started reviewing it. Even though like tradition says you don't review it until the actual official opening day they're like well this is this is bullshit they're just pretending we're just gonna go do it anyway um yeah (laughs) and the reviews were incredibly bad um new york times critic ben brantley said that spider-man may quote rank among the worst broadway musicals uh and even for in his review of the revised version he said so is this ascent from jaw-dropping badness to mere mediocrity a step upward well, until last weekend, I would have recommended Spider-Man only to carrion feasting theater vultures. Now, if I knew a less than precocious child of 10 or so and had several hundred dollars to throw away, I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved child. Spider-Man. <laughs> if I just knew some basic 10-year-old. <laughs> less than precocious is the most Shit. hilarious thing to say about a child. Oh, God. <laughs> That is absolutely venomous. Scathing. Oh, venomous. I see what you did there. Mm. Um, Yeah, so the the (laughs) average rating from critics of the first incarnation, the preview, was F+. uh, And the revision got a C+. Um, And in a roundup of the reviews, Linda Buchwald commented, quote, critics usually miss some of Julie Taymor's ambition, crazy as they may have thought it at the time. Critics agree that the show is improved and that it makes much more sense. However, now they mostly find it a bore. Bono and the Edges score is almost universally panned, while Patrick Page's Green Goblin and stunning visuals remain for most critics the best reasons to see this show. 
Interesting. Well, should we should we talk about the? Um, okay, so the album. What? what <laughs> How do I even talk about this? So if we talk about the synopsis, I, I feel like we should do that first um, because the the original cast recording album doesn't seem to have all of the songs that are it mentioned in the not. synopsis. And they are out of like order this, in addition. Yeah. And they're, I think the reason they're out of order is because there's some pretty buck wild songs that happen like early on in the in the play yep. uh that would that are laugh laughable yes um <laughs> and do not sound like u2 songs but sound like just like i don't know just like really bizarre um, corny musical theater bullshit yeah we we should say also that uh bono and the edge of u2 wrote all the music um yeah yeah there, there was like it was famously like the woman who did Lion King, Julie Taymor, and these two guys from U2 were going to make a Spider-Man musical together. And some coked up uh, Broadway executive thought that was a great idea. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the way that Bono and the Edge talk about it is so hilarious. The Edge says he's unsure of what description to use for the production because, quote, it is elements of rock and roll. It's elements of circus. It's elements of opera and of musical theater. Um, sure. <laughs> Bono admitted that his description is a little pretentious, uh, referred to it as pop up pop art opera. And oh, God, he also oh. said, quote, that the, oh. the production was wrestling with the same stuff as Rilke, Blake, Wings of Desire, Roy Lichtenstein and the Ramones. Oh, fuck you. Bono, Bono is such a fucking you pompous ass. <laughs> like oh man i don't even know how to talk cameron? about him cameron did i yell so loud that i made you disconnect cameron cameron hey hey i, lo- I lost you for oh, a minute okay. um i don't know i don't know what happened i think i yelled so loud that your uh, phone disconnected you <laughs> okay um i'm cutting us back in I, I think it probably censors curse words i heard me say pompous ass and i was like nope can't let cameron hear that <laughs> we gotta protect this boy's ears and his heart this poor sweet boy we can't let her hear this kind of foul language yeah shit um okay so yeah i mean to be no well not fair but like the the content is uh, of the like the framing device is unnecessarily kind of like lofty um oh yeah play uh, so let me read through, I won't, I'll try to like summarize and not just read the Wikipedia synopsis, but, uh, I'll, I'll try to summarize and you can butt in anytime the, the first mm, version, and then we'll talk about how the second version is different. Yeah. The first version being the quote unquote preview period and the second version being the, the official opening. So it starts like, I guess in media res, um, Mary Jane is suspended from the Brooklyn bridge. Spider-Man's trying to save her, uh, but the the Green Goblin um, slashes the rope, and it's all, I guess, somehow displayed as if it's like a comic book, uh, I don't know, like there's a panel or something. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, and then uh, Mary Jane falls, Spider-Man catches, or it like doesn't quite catch her, and then it freezes, and then it looks like a panel somehow. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, then the Greek chorus <laughs> is introduced. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The geek chorus. That's a 
Wait, does it say a geek decent- chorus? Yeah, I'm reading it now. <gasps> I just assumed that it was saying Greek. That's Oops. actually a funny joke. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, um, sure. And then we have some like there, but there's actual names of the geek chorus: Miss Arrow, Jimmy Six, Professor Cobwell, and Grim Hunter. I don't know the significance of those names. I'm gonna yeah. follow through. Okay, Miss Arrow is a fictional character appearing in American comic books. Um, interesting. Aren't they just like uh, all? There's like there. There is like a dozen just spider-man bit players here because right. also uh this the entire sinister six show up and get immediately literally murdered by spider-man yeah he just yeah, defeats he them, in, them. In, in one second <laughs> yeah oh boy including like craven the hunter which i hear that there he's going to be the main villain in the next one and i'm pretty stoked for that oh interesting and it's like actually going to be like a new york movie because um the last two movies haven't really been set in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically in the first one, there's a scene where he's running through Brooklyn and he can't like, he has to do a Ferris Bueller style, like uh, run through the backyards kind of, kind of situ or through alleyways and stuff uh, mm-hmm. because there's um, Ferris Bueller, which famously no- takes place in New York city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there there's no he he can't uh he can't web sl- gotcha. web sling. Fuck you. <laughs> that was anyway, one of my so best put downs I think I've ever done. <laughs> is it Chicago? It's it's been a minute. It's the most Chicago movie that's ever been made. Right, right. All right. Um uh I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nice comeback. Um so the geek the geek chorus uh they're i guess writing the they're they're trying to write the most extreme ultimate spider-man story there's already (laughs) that already happened it's called ultimate (laughs) spider-man um and uh so and then miss arrow i guess talks about how you know peter parker well actually isn't the first person to become a spider and then she starts talking about arachne um, oh my god this is this ancient greek (laughs) You go ahead. This is my least favorite part of it. It's so fucking pretentious. And the only connection is like, um, Arachne, Greek spider, this spider, man. Therefore, we'll put them both in the same musical because she's spider lady. Yeah. So they like invent, (laughs) as far as I know, they invent a new character. I mean, they didn't invent the idea of Arachne, but Arachne's never been appropriated by Marvel Comics and involved in the comics, as far as I know. Yeah, and they, I mean, they completely change her story and what she's about, because she was turned into a spider as a punishment for, I forget if she was one of the ones that was too pretty, or if she, like, had too much skill at weaving, but, like, she was turned into a spider as a punishment. Like, it didn't, it Mm. wasn't great power that conferred great responsibility. Right. <laughs> uh yeah. Um so who cares about like specifically why like they rewrite her backstory or whatever. Yeah. And um at the like she challenges Athena and she she hangs herself in shame for losing the challenge, the weaving challenge, and she hangs herself on like one of her own webs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or something. So it's a classic uh, and- Greek tale of hubris then, essentially. Which yeah. is kind of the opposite of what Spider-Man is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's about like living 
living up to your grandiosity. At least that's often what it's sort of supposed to be about. Right. Um, Anyway, and then smash cut (laughs) to Peter Parker doing an oral report on Arachne. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he, uh, he gets in a fight with uh, Flash Thompson and the other bullies. Um, and uh, the song Bullying by Numbers happens. <laughs> what the? Which is what a title. quite a title. Yep. And that is not that is not in the uh, album that we it listened is not. to. A lot of the I early really stuff is like missing. I to hear it. But it's not in there. Yeah. Uh, and then also we see uh, Mary Jane, um, her father trying to beat her yeah i don't recall that being in spider-man no i remember him being like kind of coded as like white trash um like that's like kind of what they were going for a little bit Mm -hmm. uh in the story but i don't remember him specifically being abusive Mm -hmm. um that is not a a term that i condone i'm just (laughs) trying to say like no no we heard it in your own words you know god damn it right right from your own mouth yeah we heard it (laughs) um (laughs) So <laughs> then we do get a song, uh, which is, um, the song no more. Um, do you want to go about it this way? We could like when, when in the synopsis, we encounter one of the songs, we can listen to it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of listened to a track yet. I'm kind of tempted to ditch the synopsis, honestly, because it, uh, like besides the weird pretentious, like framing device stuff, that we've already talked about and how right that's the main thing to is. talk about like it's essentially spider-man the first spider-man movie uh from like 2000 sam sam Raimi. Sure. um yeah like green goblin tries to like you know do gene splicing stuff and there's an explosion his wife gets killed uh he gets green goblin powers he creates the sinister six um and um you know uh origin story for spider-man uncle ben dies there's like a slight uh actually this is actually worth talking about uh in the first version um so he sees flash going into mj's house uh someone steals flash's car but peter refuses to stop him then uncle bear see uh, uncle bear <laughs> uncle ben uncle bear <laughs> sees uncle ben <laughs> makes some rice sees the thief and runs after him uh only to be killed by the speeding motorist so like it's like a, I don't know. I feel like it's a little, maybe, maybe in the actual play, like he's killed on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's makes it sound like it's just sort of an accident. Right. Which I think they correct in the second version. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's all of that, like, um, uh, origin story stuff. Uh, but then what gets really weird is that, uh, Arachne gives Spider-Man the costume, I guess we're led to believe that mm-hmm. by reading mm-hmm. the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, describe um, how she tells him what to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what the colors um, mean? I mean, yeah, well, they are meaningful. Um, that's for sure. I'm trying to find the, do you have it in front of you? I'm trying to find the, uh, uh yes. the actual text. It says, uh, uh, well, this is, this is from the, um, the revised version, but I think it's the same. Peter then makes a costume with the colors that Arachne described to him red for every heart of the innocent that bleeds and blue for the sorrow of endangered citizens. 
And these endangered citizens got the blues. They really got the blues. It's it's <laughs> so definitely Spider-Man like equally as grand and like meaningful and tear jerky as um uh that song from Les Mis. Red and red and black, I think is is Oh yes. Yeah. It's equally as good, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Colors mean things. Mm-hmm, they do. Um so like, you know, MJ and Peter kind of go back and forth. Um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in some version gets like involved, you know, as is typical. Um, but at the end, Arachne kidnaps Mary Jane. Uh, Greek chorus, the geek chorus appears again. <laughs> geek, geek squad, uh, we'll call them. Yeah. And uh, MJ is suspended in a cocoon and will die unless Peter pledges to be with Arachne. To share her darkness forever. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently there's a song called Love Me or Kill Me. Yeah. Which is not in the album. Uh, and then ultimately uh, Arachne decides to um, let MJ go because she doesn't want Peter to be uh, with her if he if, if she if he's in love with MJ instead. Right. Uh, and then she ascends into the heavens on the same piece of thread that she used to take her life. Um, MJ finally sees that uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same person uh, and then uh, Peter swings away and then there's the finale song uh, yep and then I think how has it changed in the second act I think it's more just like a Green Goblin yeah they, n- they don't make like, Arachne into the villain yeah Arachne's just sort of another kind of another device. the geek chorus the geek squad yeah kind of yeah um it seems like she's yeah, and, radically diminished in role just in general yeah, in the second version yeah which is probably best she shouldn't be in there at all it's like yeah exactly <laughs> it's really weird it's true uh you know who um, else shouldn't be in there yeah. fucking carnage uh oh yeah he's one of the sinister six um, so he's just like this weird bit player who shows up and is instantly defeated. But I remember from the con- comics, like carnage is fucking scary and is also like the evolution of the venom character. So they don't touch the venom yes. or like to bring in the symbiote from space or like any of that stuff. But then like carnage shows up. Who's like the second symbiote. Yeah. They're, they're like, like, Oh, what's a, like a, a fan favorite that we yeah, can ruin. But it just, it just like <laughs> makes no sense for the chronology of this like Spider-Man story. And do you know who else is in this, the sinister six? Uh, Swiss uh, miss. <laughs> I love her cake rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. And her hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> she's mainly known for. And also being sinister and one of six. Um, and, so, uh, and like in, in the play, one of the geek chorus, like make her up. It's, I have no idea what this character is. <laughs> yeah. It, there's not even a Wikipedia link to whoever Swiss miss is. No, I'm, I'm doing a quick Google. Um, she's, uh, it's in villains.fandom.com Swiss miss. She is the original character from, uh, Spider-Man turn off the dark. Uh, Man, they probably uh, talked like Marvel into letting them create one new character, and they came up with Swiss Miss. Yeah, uh, apparently it's it's like literally just a token woman because the geek chorus says the lineup of the original Sinister Six could use a woman's touch. Oh my god! 
That's I, like the most she's... egregious like tokenism <laughs> I've heard of in a long time. <laughs> and I think she's also like like killed by Spider-Man. And Spider-Man k- kills in this. <laughs> <laughs> and fucks. And fucks. Um yeah, but that's the uh <laughs> That's basically the synopsis. Uh, I mean, I think she, Spider-Man saves the day in the revised version. Um, and uh, there's like less weird stuff, but you know, ultimately it's more boring. Yeah. It reminds me. Are you a me- Spider-Man fan? Do you like Spider-Man? Um, theoretically, I, I kind of have liked Spider-Man at times. I saw the first two Spider-Man movies in theaters and liked them pretty well. Didn't really keep yeah. up with it. Didn't never saw Spider Man three. Never saw like the Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland Spider's Man, um, <laughs> or any of like the Marvel movies that have uh, Spider Man. But I, I did see um, Into the Spider Verse. That was great. That is great. Yeah, it is great. And I, I want to bring that back up later on when we talk. When we listen to the song, that's the um, the power, like the power training kind of. I'm becoming super powered montage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, one of one of the songs uh, between the play version of that and then the into the spider version of that uh, is a lot better. Mm. <laughs> and one of them is boring mm-hmm. and terrible. I wonder which is which. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Let's um, should we get into the songs? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. One last thing before we do that. Let's just luxuriate for a minute in how terrible the title of the musical is turn off the dark let's just sit and yeah. ponder that for a minute and just <laughs> how egregiously bad that is yeah there, there, you could uh, insult that title from all sorts of different <laughs> uh i think the uh, most insulting thing i can say about it is it sounds like bono came up with it it does sound like bono came up yeah and there's no like there's no thematic content about darkness. Nope. Or <laughs> Not at all. Ob- obscured or murkiness. Um, or shining a light even, really. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no... Yeah, it's absolute... It's inexcusable. <laughs> An inexcusable title. Just like Arachne is inexcusable, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's start listening to some of these uh, tracks here. The first one... Uh, just opens and the opening just several seconds it sounds like a u2 parody band warming up Ooh, does it <laughs> oh no right off the bat <laughs> the fucking delay on the guitar <laughs> It sounds like a tenacious D song, actually, to <laughs> me. It does. When, when it when the beat drops, mm-hmm. the borrowed chords. Oh boy! So it's it's a basically like a musical theater overture. That's like the the first track, right? Yeah. So it goes it's through a, a lot of themes. It's pretty disjointed, yeah. like a lot of the overtures. Themes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You got it. It's a pretty generous word. Yeah. Did, could you hear the air quotes <laughs> we're not doing a video chat yeah i tried to make them audible oh they were incredibly audible i could do the the themes <laughs> um you're not hearing it but I, i'm uh 
kind of air quoting against the microphone. Oh, maybe that'll come through. You should we'll probably see. you should probably like actually physically like themes. Just kind of like scrape <laughs> your fingers against the microphone. That's what I did. Oh, it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because I'm hearing you from a different mic. Fuck. You are okay. Uh, I'll do it for you. Themes. Thank you, Cameron. Now your joke landed, and it's very good, and I enjoy it. Yeah, that one's just for you. Yay. Um, should we listen to the the first real song on the soundtrack album, even though it's like in the second act in the show or something? Yes. Is is it in the second? The boy. The boy falls from the sky. The boy falls from the sky. Um, which is like. The boy falls the, from the, the sky. third to last song in the musical, uh, and is the first real song on this album. So, yep, uh, here it is. It sounds exactly like Bono. It really does. So let's just uh, let's address the elephant in the room. It's pretty bold to name a song "The Boy Falls from the Sky" in a production that had many, many instances of <laughs> actors and stunt doubles falling f- from the ceiling and sure. falling like into the orchestra pit and everything. Yeah. It is a little bit un- <laughs> of an unfortunate title to choose. Yeah. Uh, so this song in the, I think in both the versions, basically, um, cause there is the, a reprise mi- or no, no, sorry. There is yeah. a, there's a rise the above has a reprise from the sky. Yeah. I believe also happens. Uh, Mary yeah. Jane and Peter kind of like have a DTR, yep. <laughs> um, and confess their love for each other. And then somehow that means that Peter realizes that he needs to be Spider-Man. And then he goes and defeats the mm-hmm. sinister six in the first, uh, version. And then, uh, green goblin in the second version. Right. Um, uh, apparently the green goblin, uh, right after that sits at a piano at the top of the Chrysler building. You know how there's a piano up there. He just starts plunking yeah, away up there. Plonk, plonk, plink, plink, plonk. And, and there's a song called I'll Take Manhattan. I'm assuming it's some sort of Randy Newman-esque, like, uh, <laughs> like piano, uh, piano pop. You got uh, a goblin ballad. in me. <laughs> uh. Um, uh, so, uh, the good, the good news about this song is that the, the lyrics are very specific and very pr- profound. Like when Peter says, yeah. you can change your mind, but you cannot change your heart. Your heart knows when you're hiding. Your heart knows who you are. Ooh, I'd be mm-hmm. myself if I knew who I've become. You don't have to fly too high to get too close to the sun. Oh, man. It really makes you think. Yeah, that's like Pat. It's definitely patently untrue. Like Icarus <laughs> was like the person who did that because he was specifically good at flying really high. Yeah. And the reason he got too close to the sun was that he was flying too high. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I guess and it doesn't get what? hotter as you, as you get closer to the sun in, in within our atmosphere, it gets colder. Right. It's, but you do get more of like the radiation, which I think was the thing that melted the wax. Right. Not that like it's based on <laughs> real world physics or anything. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, also it's like, why, 
this song is about him being like sort of galvanized and believing in himself. Why is this song about, you know, kind of him doubting himself uh, and him be, and him having too much power is, or like, is this song or, about that? Can you, can it be said well, to be about something at all? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this song is nothing bullshit. Um, uh, I think the ultimate kind of U2 lyric uh, I, I took a sound sample of. Do you want to I can't that? wait. I can't wait. Oh, I can't see the title. Uh, this one, right? Is it? Uh, oh, uh, I have oh, a needle yes. metaphor. I took a note of that. Yes, here it is. If I can use a single thread to cross the sky that does musically but i hate even more what it does lyrically my note on that is great job veering from an okay line to a mind-numbingly awful one because I, I was reading through yeah. the lyrics and i was like i'm not ready to give up the fight okay 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 uh if i can use a single thread to cross the sky oh that's kind of an interesting like image and visual and it's it's fun to like think of you know, you, you have the image of Spider-Man like web swinging across the city and to just think of like how fragile that single thread is. And then sure. he goes right into, then why is the eye of the needle still your heart tonight? And, uh, you know how Spider-Man goes through needles. He, he shoots the webs through needles to like, sew super good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He sews himself to buildings and, <laughs> and he's always looking, he's like, looking for the eye of the he's like looking for a needle in 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 a haystack <laughs> and he he can't get his webs into the hole that is your heart and he and he won't go to heaven i mean it like on a on a on a literal level he is saying i cuz he's too rich well yeah <laughs> It's easier for a Spider-Man to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. <laughs> Thank you for uh, taking my alley-oop. Alley-oop. Um, yeah, so he, I mean, on a literal level, he is saying, I have a single thread. Your heart is the hole that is an, of a needle. And... yeah. I guess he wants to put those together. He wants to shoot webs into the hole of her heart or something. <laughs> it's his kink. <laughs> it's almost as if these lyrics were not thought through in any way. <laughs> also, just like um, sentence wise, then why is the eye of the needle still your heart tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like your favorite kind of like inverted syntax. That is what we like to call a garden path sentence. I think. <laughs> Yes. Oh boy. Um, I, I there's also, another I also, sound sample. Oh yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say a quick shout out to the other uh, incredibly good line from this song. Our love is like lights on a tr- on a midnight train. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Ooh. Anyway, so you you uh, you li- you really like the melody of this part of the song, right? Yes. <laughs> The symphony 
and Bono's just not fucking funny and or or charming and yep. Peter Parker is like that's why we want to hang out with him and why we care when he's sad yeah um yeah all right uh boy falls from the sky uh yeah um uh, <laughs> should should we move on to the next song I think we should yeah rise above one the song so good they played it twice i just want to point out there that bono is singing as spider-man uh yeah it says in the genius lyrics peter what's that (laughs) it says in the yeah it says peter in the genius lyrics yeah so it's interchangeably bono and the actual actor who played spider-man are singing as spider-man it's really yeah um cameron don't look at the synopsis i want i want to i want to play a game with you i challenge you to listen to the words the lyrics i'm about to read to you and tell me what is happening during this part of the musical okay yeah i know what you'd say to me Exactly what you'd say to me. I still hang on every word. And you said, rise above. Open your eyes up. And you said, rise above yourself. Okay. So, I already did look at the synopsis Uh, (laughs) while I was listening to this. I don't think this is like... I don't think this is that disconnected. He's talking to Uncle Ben uh, from Beyond the Grave. Like, or in his own head. And he's saying, like, Uncle Ben told me to, like, be better, essentially. That's what the song's supposed to be about. Uncle Ben never said, rise above. That's right. Yep. <laughs> it's not a lyric. He had said another famous thing. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a good song, but I think that part of it does make sense. The parts that don't make sense to me are the how long will it take before these feelings go away how much longer must i wait and are there any real answers anyway yeah like i don't like the idea of spider-man just being like oh i hate that i have to be sad about my uncle dying <laughs> when when do i get to not be sad when do i fucking anymore? get over it <laughs> um and then like your silence in a crowded room louder than the loudest tune i hang on every word that means absolutely nothing mm-hmm. um I miss you and everything. I was too fast traveling to take you in. I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, Hmm. I know that silence is no crime. Just, well, he's silent because he's dead. I guess so. I don't know. There's, there's like (laughs) no storytelling happening in these songs. Like overall, it's like so far. Yes. It's just like, they're just (laughs) a little later. So we get to the green goblin. Oh, there's some, (laughs) there's some attempts at storytelling that are better. Chef kiss. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like so far we've just had like generic poetic bluff bullshit where it's like Bono's like, I'm going to express my sentimental feelings about this shit. And, uh, there's no like storytelling is going to happen during this. Yeah, and this is also, uh, I think, Arachne, somewhere around this song, um, sees him and shares in his pain and gives him a costume. Ah, <laughs> huh. you know how that happens in the in the movies and the comics. 
Yeah, he doesn't like. I, I, I think that's such a great part about like the origin story of Spider-Man is that he can sew. Yeah, and he, like sews like a dope costume for himself. Yeah, like I think that's just like a little moment of like uh, non like masculine normativity, you know. Or he's just like he's like a I don't know he sews and then he makes some cool web shooters and he like he's a crafty dude yeah crafty like a f- spider yeah <laughs> uh, yeah this song is bullshit mm-hmm. um, uh, picture this should we talk about that do we have to I mean it's like picture this we were both buck naked <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's pretty similar it wasn't me it's just like a bunch of poetic bluffs and they're talking about how it's nice that it's a sunny day yeah we don't have to talk about yeah i mean this song it's just it's character building uh development kind of between him and mj as they're talking well, about they try it well we can at least listen like to on it on a date let's listen to it at least if we're gonna the world is spinning on a tiny pin nobody knows the danger we're in something that bono likes to do is um point out like weather and as if it were self-evident how meaningful it's a it is beautiful day <laughs> as if it were like automatically meaningful it's like yeah it's a sunny day uh, so How, did i ever talk about weathering with you on i think i did on uh what's in the box weekly what's that remind me uh it's the Shinkai movie. It's the guy who made uh, the studio who made Your Name. Um, and they made this movie about like sort of like climate anxiety. Um, that's pretty incredible. Huh. Um, and uh, I don't know. I was just <laughs> thinking about like Bono's like oblique references to weather and like how much better that movie is. Mm. And how like uh, crucial like having a sunny day is in that movie, and how much it's actually like sort of important and it's earned. Mm-hmm. Talking about nature is poetry automatically, right, Nathan? You're yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you study poetry and creative writing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. If you just say it's a sunny day, boom, poetry, baby. Oh, baby, baby, you got a haiku going. <laughs> um uh shoot i don't know should we oh okay so like osborne's in this yeah the green goblin himself. he says uh just gobbling up yum 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 uh the happiness of our protagonist uh just crimes peace wars true lies i can see a noble shame i can see a living death i can see a healing pain a pure decay a helping hurt a uh. freeing jail <laughs> A freeing jail. You know, that totally normal thing that people say. Ah, man. Uh... Bono. Ah, The frustrating thing is that Bono tries so hard. He is so earnest and he's trying so hard and he comes up with the most hackneyed bullshit. It's honestly, it's kind of it's he's kind of a tragic figure. Bono. (laughs) It's. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm starting to come around on Bono. <laughs> like I used to just like be, he used to get under my skin so much, and it was just a, like physical revulsion. But now I'm just like, 
man, this tragic figure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like if, um, it's like if Sisyphus were trying to roll himself up a hill, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it is a sunny day though. And we all know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do you want uh, to just skip move to on? pull the trigger? Well, we should talk about bouncing off the walls a little bit. Okay. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, bouncing off the walls is the the sort... This song is supposed to be what it feels like to all of a sudden be super powered and like the just energy coursing through your veins. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's supposed to fill... It's that feeling in every superhero movie where they they start training, they do a montage, Whoa, and they start. Know you know, yeah, it's supposed to be that, which is one of my one of my personal favorite moments of any kind of you know wish fulfillment movie. Like I am into that if it's done well, and it's not just absolutely pandering. Yep. Um, I think that's a powerful moment to uh, get the audience excited. So let's hear the song (laughs) that they use for that. Let's hear it be absolutely (laughs) successful in evoking that uh, feeling. I woke up on the roof again Round and round Spinning on the spot again I can't explain Why, why, why? What? I'm bouncing off the walls. Bouncing off the walls. Just this like mid tempo. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Feeling so energetic, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, why does it feel like it's just dragging on and on and on? Yeah. I, I don't, I really don't think Bono or The Edge have it in them to to convey this feeling yeah i mean um, when was the last time they like truly rocked out i don't know will you will you uh play us will you play the song just like off of spotify um from into the spider verse um what's it called it's like uh what's up danger i believe is what it's called like uh play part of that song uh Oh. That is the sort of confidence building, like training montage um, where Miles Morales finds himself and like jumps off a skyscraper and does like a bunch of cool Spider-Man shit, um, which is interesting because it comes late in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the soundtrack, all, all, the visuals are amazing in that scene. And then the soundtrack, like the song is super cool and makes you feel like real excited okay yeah we play that to compare it let's check it out that is cool that sound yeah 200 miles power with a blindfold on mom always asking where did i go wrong took you long enough what's up danger what's up danger I'm watching the visuals right yeah, now too. It, whatever you choose, it's to so do, badass, it and and like just kind of gives you the chills, you know. Yeah, you're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. Ah, uh. that's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Then he jumps off the building because he's Spider-Man. Yup. <laughs> 
Like, what's up, danger? Yeah, there's like a lot of space in it, and it's super tense, and then the beat drops. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that's, that it has that this other shit doesn't, like, is, um, danger? I'm trying to turn it off. Uh, it has like actual yeah. dramatic tension, and, uh... Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it tells you, like, it, it's really good at showing you why it might be important that he has superpowers. And yeah. why his like feelings about it might be important, which this song utterly fails to do. All, all yeah, it just it says it focuses on like <laughs> there are walls and I can do special things with them. I'm bouncing off the walls. It's just like that's the line. You just you're just like a hyper toddler. Yeah, exactly. like that's the language people use to say like, oh uh, yeah, this person's uh, this kid is annoying to me. <laughs> um, like that's the the energy you want to convey. I don't know. Yeah, there's <sighs> like they they make no effort to like tell you why it matters. He just like something, someone else has woken up inside of me. Something has just turned on a light in me. I feel a force flow through every artery now. In the words of Futurama, you can't just have your characters announce what they feel. Your lyrics lack subtlety. That makes me feel angry. (laughs) Shit. Uh, That's great. Futurama fucks. That's from the, Um, the first finale, the one with the robot devil and the hands. Uh, uh, truly incisive writing on that show Um, at its best yeah yeah Um, wow that's great yeah I mean even the song I'm thinking about like the song let it go which isn't which you know had its moment of being absolutely overplayed but like there's this clear just like kind of queer victory and of being able to be yourself and finally get away from all these fucking people and be able to like do your thing. Um, that's it's, there's like a reason it's not, this song is just like, Oh, I have, I mean, the song should be in the, in the content of the song. It should be about being able to like stand up to bullies, feel, um, in touch with your own body, that kind of thing. And I think that's what happens in the play, but the song doesn't convey any of that. Oh, au contraire, Cameron. What about these lines? And I feel it in my soul, what I need to control, and I feel it in my bones. Let's rock and roll. Roll, 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 roll. Roll, 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 roll. (laughs) I think that's pretty meaningful, wouldn't you say? Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Uh, shoot, I'm ready to talk about pull the trigger now, oh boy. which I think you're yes. <laughs> excited to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some of the the beginning of it, the intro, um, just so some people get some of the uh, what the fuck moments that I experienced. Spider Man. That's some, that's some like musical theater bullshit that I kind of love. <laughs> like after hearing all these other songs that are just have no business being songs maybe at all, but especially like in like on the stage. Yes. And I kind of can't believe that the edge and Bono wrote this. song. Right. It is extremely silly. Uh, much like most yeah. of Bono and the edges work. Uh, but it actually <laughs> takes a stab at storytelling, which so far we have not had yet. 
Yeah. And it has he's, a, what is he seeing Spider-Man on TV? Uh, Osborne is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is my research. Right. And it has different characters yeah. talking to each other and having like different agendas. Um, yeah. Maybe it was Cassidy. You relied on loyalty. All your staff. Where did they go? What did they take? What did they know? Ooh, an insinuation. Our dried up. They weren't getting paid. Um, yeah. I have I have a sound sample of like I think if not I don't know if there's a chorus to the song but a uh, more central part of the song. Okay. How's it feel to be betrayed? They're leaving like rats from a sinking ship. You're losing control. You're letting it slip. Time, Time to get, get it. it. You can stab in the back. Are you gonna roll over, play dead, or attack? It's like right on Chili Peppers all it of a sudden. Really is. Yeah. Uh, I love how like oh it's it's just like so serious but so incredibly silly at the same time. It's pretty yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially after all I mean, this is like halfway through the album and Yeah. I also I like mean, the I, weird like talk singing thing they do for half the song. <laughs> Spider Man? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Genetic do you want to manipulation. play the, the end of the track? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, it's the, uh, or it's a spy. It's just Spider-Man. That's what I labeled it. Spider-Man. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I think I so might in have this to. Song, he's getting pressure from the military to like, cl- you know, obviously some of your work escaped go fix it um i think i might have to pull up uh a song by the shags called you're something special to me oh great you uh, love this, the shags this, yeah i love the shags this is the song or this is the band that frank zappa said was better than the beatles how happy i <laughs> I can't hear like militaristic counting without thinking of the shags and their uh their very very like childish and fun like two three four hut two three they like combine like the musical counting of the beat with like this weird military like marching thing I love it uh well what else should we talk about um we could talk about the other <laughs> green goblin song diy world D- I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> yes race can take a hit we're science sing, but you can swim if you don't mind a little change of skin design the genes are a better fit so the idea of this song is uh there was a pitch meeting that had gone long and uh everyone was just exhausted and they were just pitching ideas for songs and someone was like yeah what if like i don't know the green goblin like uh talked about his research and how it changes people uh what if he just like talked about it as if it were like diy like makerspace stuff and everyone was like (laughs) sure (laughs) 
every everyone just completely defeated and tired and and exhausted at this pitch meeting uh they're they just dissented and that that's what this song is it's like hey let's just let's he's sort of remaking himself with genetic engineering into this goblin man uh which is the same as when uh hipsters go to goodwill and sew a patch on a pair of ripped up jeans yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, do you remember that part of the musical where uh, Norman Osborn starts an Etsy store? (laughs) 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 (sighs) That's funny. Uh, He has the lyric, tomorrow belongs to the brave, not the slave, but the brave. (laughs) Uh, That's, uh, extremely regrettable and uh not well thought out i think uh there's been a lot of people recently um that i've that i've seen specifically point out how they uh they are trying to i think this this is a revolution that has happened in scholarship uh years previously but i think it's becoming more mainstream where people are referring to people who have been enslaved especially like in america's past to talk about them as the enslaved rather than the plural noun slaves um because it emphasizes what's that it's sort of related to like person first language yeah exactly and it like like definitively like make like highlights the fact that they have been like they are in a condition of non-consensual bondage rather than like you you know to just use the the noun slave kind of like abstracts it in a way abstracts it away in a way that is not good and does not put the focus where it should be so all that to say uh that's exactly the opposite of what bono is doing here where he says tomorrow belongs to the brave not the slave not well, only is he using the word slave. It's Norman Osborne who's being insensitive. I uh, yes. <laughs> it still sounds like something Bono would write. Every character sounds like fucking Bono. So Peter is like singing in this song too. Uh where like cause this is like when I don't know, right before Peter is bitten by the spider. So Norman, it's if you look at the genius lyrics, it says Norman and Peter. DNA is the way. Then Norman says, "Now yeah. that's evolution's. Now that evolution's had its day." And then Norman and Peter say, "Intelligent design solution." <laughs> uh. <laughs> so like uh, P- Peter's like stoked about this too, I guess. Um, yeah, but, which is just like really because everyone knows that Peter's like stoked about genetics and science in general. Did you say uh, Peter's sort of is... Peter's stoked about eugenics? No, Spider Man, <laughs> famous advocate of eugenics. <laughs> um, but it's just like weird that like in this song where he's being so obviously like an evil scientist, Peter's like, yeah, fun <laughs> yeah, cool. science. <laughs> yeah uh okay actually cameron if you look at so like the bell curve and uh the uh, iq distribution among populations you know there's a lot to uh you know like uh, because as if like uh peter parker was getting like racist science pseudoscience i should say yeah you know like you Uh, you can imagine what we need to do is measure um peter parker's skull yeah exactly (laughs) uh 
Okay, so we could talk about Freak Like Me or Rise Above 2, which I believe is, I believe Rise Above actually only happens once in the play, but Rise Above 1 is is actually um, the pop version of the song. Oh, uh, so I Rise see. Above 2 actually has not Bono singing. Ah, um, I see. And that's why it's not the primary Rise Above. All right. Um, but I think instead I'm basically out of time and we should just finish up and say, uh, don't listen. I will put a link to listen along, but just, just on principle, don't actually listen to it. It's we we wouldn't recommend it. No, you know, like I, I I, I forbid you from listening to it, dear listener. (laughs) It's verboten. Uh, I, I feel like there was a lot of sort of, I don't know, kind of schadenfreude, uh, takes on this musical where people are like, Man, everyone's dumping like a lot of money into like a silly Spider-Man musical, and then when it started failing, people were like, "Ha!" Shows them, and I don't necessarily like that knee-jerk reaction to something. Uh, that almost like weird confirmation bias energy. But also, on the other hand, let's be clear: this sounds like a completely terrible musical with a nightmare of a soundtrack. <laughs> It does not give me pleasure to say that. I just want to say I do not have schadenfreude. And now I weep for Bono and his tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> but doctor, I am Bono. He's, yeah, he, it's, it's, a, it's a regular geek tragedy. It's a, it's a regular Pagliacci situation. Ah, fuck. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, going on iTunes and giving us a review would be great. Also, if you shared the show with other people and sort of spread the word around, that would be awesome. Uh, if you want to help us continue making the show, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. And if you kick a few bucks our way per month, you'll get access to a bunch of bonus materials, including a weekly mini show. What do we talk about this week, Cameron? Uh, we both talked about Ursula K. Le Guin's book, The Dispossessed. Book club! Yeah, fun little book club. Yeah. Uh, also, if you join the Discord, there's a channel, um, uh, and that's and that's free for everyone. Uh, yeah. But if you join the Discord, there is a channel where you can um, recommend artists uh, f- for us to cover, and... You know, there's a lot of recommendations on there, and we won't get to them all, or some of them we specifically refuse to do. <laughs> but um, sometimes we see recommendations on there, and then we're like, "Oh, great! I think Eminem happened that way. Like someone mm-hmm. recommended it, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Yeah, we absolutely should do Eminem." Yeah. So, like, feel free to go on there and uh, you know, chat up fellow uh, thinkers. Hello, fellow thinkers. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Oh. One, you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. I don't think I mentioned Ooh, that. I wish you would. Yeah, do oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's good. I got an upcoming episode with a um, friend of the show, Albin Ekman, who helped us out with some uh, Swedish name pronunciation uh, when we covered ABBA. And then we <laughs> just threw those recommendations into the trash right away. Yeah. Um, but uh, we didn't he, need his help. Cameron knew how to pronounce Swedish uh, perfectly right away. So we we're just <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> and then we ignored he, him. <laughs> he's also a fantastic fiddler uh, and he plays old time fiddle, but he also plays traditional Swedish fiddle. And we did a, a delightful um, uh, Swedish fiddle and uh, Clawhammer banjo set of duets Oof, uh, so for cool. an upcoming episode. Uh, so like, go check that out for a little bit of fun crossover. 
What is this, a crossover episode? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, are we are we doing another palate cleanser next week, Kim? Uh, yeah, let's do at least one more palate cleanser. Uh-huh. Uh, and oh, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this. Um, I'm gonna make a note of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. So. A former guest of uh, Get Up in the Cool, Sonia Bedigian, she made this awesome list of resources for um, how to support George Floyd's family and how to support the, you know, like the bailout fund for Minneapolis protesters um, before it was overrun by white supremacists. Um, And uh, like just a bunch of ways that you can like practically help. Uh, We didn't really (laughs) mention that yet, but like we're engaging in this escapism uh and that's fun but also uh don't just drown in you know podcast silliness yeah um, when like do it a little bit to the extent that it helps you but also there are some really practical ways that you can um that you can help uh in this like insane crisis that we're in right now yeah um, and so i i sent some money to um uh courtney ross uh through venmo uh george floyd's um uh fiance mm-hmm. um uh so that she can take some time off work uh to mourn um because whatever systems she has in place or her work has in place uh for you know uh taking time off to grieve i'm sure aren't enough um so and then there's a bunch of other resources that you can send money to as well so i'm i'm just going to go ahead and, and put those links in as well and um yeah uh doing my best to balance like silliness and like to keep my spirits up while also like you know we kind of talk about this stuff mm-hmm. uh and um have to allow ourselves to be to be angry yeah um and to and to do things about it so that thanks for spreading the word cameron and i think it's it's gonna be nice like some of us like me feel very like cooped up and not really able to leave or it, it can it can feel hard to like think that i can actually accomplish anything so it's great to be given an, an opportunity to feel like i'm actually doing anything at all and yeah that's good. there's a lot you can do without being on the streets and right now it's actually gotten really complicated to be on the streets coronavirus aside you yeah. know with like um bad faith actors uh and white supremacists like specifically trying to organize protests uh to lure vulnerable people out (laughs) and hurt them and like it's a mess out there so like i mean all the more power to you if you uh get there get out there on the streets but not everyone can for various reasons but there's so much else that you can do yeah yeah so all right that will be in the show notes thanks for listening everyone uh we'll be with you next week until then i've been nathan hunt and boom poetry baby uh, I've been camera to it and baby you got a haiku going. <laughs> uh, I would have felt really shitty if I had forgotten to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, gotta gotta say something.